the road to recovery. You might be cruising down it, a friend or family member lost on it, or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Hello, welcome to this episode of Relevant Recovery Radio. We're your hosts, Heather and Donnie Mosier. Glad you're listening. Uh, The Relevant Recovery Radio show is sponsored by the Matthews Hope Foundation. Uh, We have a detox and two-year aftercare recovery program. The detox portion is located inside St. Joseph's Hospital downtown. It is a 10 to 14 day detox. And then you get two years of free aftercare included in that. If you sign up for the recovery support, you get a success rate of sustained sobriety leaving for the people that. You guys actually do have a pretty high rate when it comes to recovery. I, I'm, I'm not going like, to lie. Yeah. I'm a little shocked. Most treatment centers have about a 90% relapse rate yeah. within three months to nine months. Um, and so it's pretty crazy that we have a 80, 86% success rate. That's unheard of, and it's of the people following all three elements of our care model, detox, IASIS, and recovery support. Okay. If they're not following all three elements, they're not in that success rate. Right. <laughs> but if anybody would like any information about our program, we take all insurances. You name it, we take it. Uh, you can visit our website. This is a really long website. It's the longest URL ever. I'm going to give it to you now. You ready? I should do a timer on this, on how long it takes to say it. <laughs> Matthews, that's Matthews with two T's, Matthews Hope Detox and Recovery Program.com. The end. Is the show over? I think it is. <laughs> I think we're at the 39 minute mark. I don't know who approved that, but I'm going to keep making fun of it till we get a shorter URL. I think you should. I think you should. <laughs> and as usual. Can you imagine someone detoxing trying to type that in? No. No, absolutely not. Usually people detoxing can't even light their own cigarette. Right. So as usual, you're listening to us on KPR 950, uh, Sundays at 1 o'clock in the H-Town, or you can pick us up on the iHeartRadio app. You can either listen to us at 1 o'clock on Sunday on the KPRC 950 app, or the the channel on iHeartRadio, or you can pick us up on Relevant Recovery Radio. You can listen to our current podcast or anything. All of our past episodes are there. And you can also follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Relevant Recovery Radio. And if you would like our phone number for Matthew's Hope, give us a call at 844-263-4673. All right. So today we want to talk about seeking. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about like, you know, what? Seeking what? What is it? <laughs> Everybody's <laughs> right? seeking something. I just don't think people are usually aware what it is they're seeking. Well, <laughs> and very clouded or wrong about what they're seeking, right? right? There is there is the worldly seeking, uh, which is the external, and there's the internal seeking. And the we're spiritual talk seeking. Talk a little bit about uh, seeking a relationship with a power, right? We always call it God. Uh, seeking a dif- d- deeper spiritual practice or seeking a d- deeper understanding of what ultimately you don't understand. <laughs> That's the funny part, Because nobody has right? any clue what it really is, yeah. but it works in my life in a, in a profound way. What drives it? Uh, why the heck would we do it? What motivates us? Like what What Pain. does it have to do with <laughs> recovery from addiction, alcoholism? And as usual, uh, the duo of the junkie and the alky, uh, idiots on a microphone, are going to try and break this down for you. Okay. That's us, by the way. Oh. Yeah. Am I the junkie? Yeah. Thanks for yeah. that, husband. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I, I kind of like this topic. I feel like... 
You didn't earlier, by the way. Uh, right. I'm going to get there. You weren't feeling it today. No, because I want to help people, right? And we have listeners listening to this show, and they may be drug addicts or alcoholics. They may be in recovery. They may be the, be the family member of someone. They may be a regular person driving down the road that's going to need to know this information a year from now. Yeah. And they don't even know that they need this information. You know, And they're like, I just want to help people. And so when we try to pick topics, I try to pick things that... Not necessarily super entertaining, mm-hmm. but something very helpful. Um, and I hope that we can do a good enough job. And I think seeking in general is a very hard topic to tackle. Yeah. We can pontificate about it. And sure. so, <laughs> um, but, and I don't want to just like um, degrade this topic by making it more entertaining. Uh, I want to actually try to help people understand seeking. Everybody's seeking something. By the way, it's my job to degrade it oh. with jokes. So. Okay. But that wasn't very funny. So <laughs> you need to pick it up. Uh, so I think that I didn't know when I was newly sober that I needed to seek anything. Right. I just thought I needed some like coping skills or some tools or a support group, uh, support system, and then I can get my life back on track. And I had no idea that I needed to learn uh, some daily disciplines to seek a power outside of myself. What, what do you think seeking is? So for the general public who may not be in recovery, how would you define seeking? I don't know. Because I think materialistic or secular seeking is different than spiritual seeking. And so we kind of always have to negate those two things. I, for most of my life, I was secular seeking, meaning trying to find the right husband, trying to find the right job. You did. You found <laughs> the right husband. Uh, Jerry's Yay out you. on that one. <laughs> uh, trying to find the right number of kids or the right friends that so, validate. Like I was seeking to feel better. Well, okay, there you go. That's kind of what hit my heart when I said it and I didn't have an answer when I asked but the answer that sort of comes to my heart and my mind is seeking some contentment even though we don't know it we don't know that that's why we're buying the lottery tickets or the coach purses or the Audi car or whatever no no we're seeking to to be okay you're seeking to feel good we're seeking inner peace Mm -hmm. seeking content and what I found out is that all of the secular seeking is quite empty or it's a short-term Band-Aid. And 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 let's say not even secular, because then you're kind of pitting like religion or worldly. Let's just say... if Not spiritual. The majority. The majority of the human race in this worldly, and in the day we live in, right? Secular means worldly. Of of (laughs) selfie, selfish, cutting each other up in traffic. I'm going to get mine before you get yours. That whole... I got to live life for me. I I got to find me. I want to make me happy. You know, no one else is going to do it but me. You know, me, 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 me. So what you're saying is that we were seeking before we were sober. I think babies are born seeking. Mm -hmm. They know instinctively to cry, to have a need met. We are born seeking. And, And I think that as a human, whether you're a drug addict or alcoholic, we can get way off track with this and totally be oblivious to the spiritual element that's needed in the seeking to try and to find true contentment well said so listen don't go anywhere we will be right back and we are going to pontificate some more on (laughs) seeking
back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with Donnie and Heather Mosier. We're talking about seeking. What does that mean? I think that there is materialistic or worldly or secular seeking. And I think that there is spiritual seeking. And we're going to try to uh, explain where each path leads you. And, And why in the recovery world it becomes important on the what I'm seeking and how I'm seeking and why I'm seeking. Yeah. I mean, it really is important. And, and, and it's also important in the religious world. It's also important in anywhere where I think you want personal growth, because that's really what seeking is to yeah. me. It's a deeper understanding of who I really am. Um, because see, well, you and I were arguing about the definition mm-hmm. of this before, because you looked up some little googly thing, and and it said that spiritual seekers are those who follow the path of self discovery. I I have I bristle with antagonism at this uh, <laughs> phrase of self discovery because because it's about properly understanding what that even means. Yeah. And in the day and age now, people are so couch broke and therapized that they think they got to do X Y Z to find themselves. Uh, self Yeah, well, not even just that. I think people should value themselves, and we kind of already talked about that in a previous episode. But I'm saying you're never going to find out who you are if you're labeling yourself based on worldly labels. Mm. Um, it. I didn't know who I was until I found out who I was in God. Okay. Um, and I think that people will have a reoccurring pattern of discontentment and unhappiness until they seek who they are in the spiritual sense, not in the flesh sense. So if I say um, that you could have a God of your own understanding, now you and I don't, we follow a very specific path, but if you did, if you had a God of your own understanding. Well, we do have a God of our understanding. Um, we do, but it's very specific. Yeah, we have a conception. But you have some that, that may believe in the universe, mother nature, kind of whatever. What would you say for the people that don't? That don't have what? Any, any spiritual compass? Yeah. Here's the thing. You said earlier, what's your motivation for even doing this? You're not going to be able to convince someone that they need to do it until they're in enough pain that they're willing to do it. And so uh, someone has to be overtaken with anxiety or, or substance use disorder or depression. They, they have to really find life becoming increasingly uncomfortable before they're like, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there's a reason to change. Maybe there's something else that needs to change. And usually those type of people are very off put when they... Uh, find out it's spiritual, <laughs> right, <laughs> but right. they got to stay in enough pain. You know, that's why when we get alcoholics that aren't gung ho about the steps because they don't want anything to do with God. Cool. Keep drinking then because the alcohol will bring you back to us later. There is something about a savage butt kicking that will make you surrender. Okay. So, all right. So then we're talking about seeking a deeper meaning in the universe, seeking a relationship with a power seeking this is something you can't really explain it's that sixth sense it's that conscious contact with something outside that doesn't originate within me it's Mm. not me and i didn't know that i was missing any of that and i just remember having some really profound spiritual experiences um early on working the steps uh, some people know the ice cube story. Some people know the orange juice story. I'll tell the orange juice story really quickly if we have time because it's like. I don't think we do. <laughs> I think we do. Oh, okay. And it's my show, so shut up. Um, <laughs> so here's the thing. I'm sponsoring a girl in Houston. And long story short, I'm trying to teach her how to seek God's will through via the steps. 
Um, and, and it was a very uphill battle because her natural default was super entitled. Not that mine wasn't, too, but I'm just saying I'm trying to teach this sponsee this. And she calls me one morning. And she was crying and she's like yelling at me. She's like, Heather, is it God's will for me to drink this orange juice? And and she's cussing, but I won't cuss. And I'm like, what? And she's like crying and she's like, is it God's will for me to drink this orange juice? I've poured a glass for my kids. I poured one for myself. There's a lot of calories in it. There's pulp. There's sugar. I don't know if it's healthy. Is it God's will to drink this orange juice? And I giggled a little. And she goes, what is so funny? I said, the fact that you care whether or not it's God's will is all that God cared. Yeah. God doesn't care about the orange juice. He cares if you're including him in all facets of your life. There's a self-centered way. Well, I get to decide if I drink orange juice or not. Well, I get to decide if I speed or not. Well, I get to decide if I clean my house or not. Well, I get to decide if I take that job or not. All of those small and big life decisions, mostly all the small ones, add up to whether or not you're going to be content or happy in life or not. Because you're seeking external contentment. Self. You're seeking it through your own ideas of reason, your mm-hmm. own ideas your own of intellect. intellect. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And if you're doing it based on self alone, I, I guarantee you, you're going to find periods of chronic discontentment and unhappiness until you see that there's a whole spiritual realm outside yourself. Um, and when you start seeking it that way and trying to learn selflessness, then a whole a whole world of seeking opens up. I feel like that is part of the issue with the world right now. We have a new generation of people self. who, well, it's not just self, it's that they won't seek outside themselves. Yeah. They think they are the solution for everything. They won't go to a parent for their wisdom, right? This parent has lived two or three times the amount of time they have. They won't go to them for their experience or wisdom. Uh, not so many people go to church anymore, so they're not seeking a pastor's advice. They're not seeking teachers. They're smarter than everyone, mm-hmm. and they seek nothing outside of themselves. We see it all the time with people that won't work the steps because they think they already know. Yeah. They think they this is a, they're above this program, and it's and it's sad because if I could shake the willingness into them, I would. But it robs robs them of the journey of finding the end of themselves mm-hmm. so that they can really find happiness through a spiritual walk. So when you find out you're newly sober and you find out you got to seek, well, first of all, what are some of the, way, the ways? So you sought out contentment so I, in the past through, you said it, through husbands, kids. Worldly stuff, money, jobs. jobs everything external. Uh, psychiatrists, you know, pharmaceutical yeah. medications. I did everything uh, under the sun, trying to find happiness, inner peace, inner peace, and, I did, and none of those things worked for me. And I have used uh, women, money, food, porn, like you name yep. it, all trying to find that inner peace and just, just be okay in my own skin. And it's a band aid for the time, right? Mm-hmm. But it's later that you have the spiritual. Um, punishment i don't know what the right word is but the spirit repercussions yeah repercussions of feeling even more empty even more depressed even more alone even more self-pity and so it's like what the 12-step world has taught me is some daily disciplines of like prayer and meditation um, and writing inventory and taking a look at myself the whole point i always joke when i'm teaching someone like four or five because when i was new i thought oh i get to tell my sponsor all the horrible things people have done to me. I get to be a victim. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, no, honey, this isn't therapy. Right. You go to a therapist if you want to talk about what they did to you and how it affects you. But what we're going to be doing is finding out your wrong expectations on the world around you and your character defects. And when you go through that process and you have to swallow these large chunks of truth about yourself, 
I agree with that definition in that sense of self-discovery. Okay. Of finding out how to The truth about myself. The truth about myself. Not the character that I want everybody to see, but the actual truth about me, the good and the bad, and most of it bad at that time. (laughs) Well, that's the point of that. The whole point of the inventory is not to find out all the good, not to say it doesn't exist. Yeah. But the point is is to find- very little. (laughs) (laughs) To find out the bad. I mean, there's days like, you know, nowadays it's very little Here's the thing. I always blamed my heroin addiction on ex-husband number two. Mm Mm-hmm because of the the falling apart of that marriage and he rejected me and this and that. And a lot of people blame their addiction issues on some external person and that's actually never the case. And I didn't realize that was true until I did my first four. Okay. Um, and I had to write it in the format that the book gives us. And I had to, t- I had this like- four, oh, four, by the way, is a moral inventory. A, a fearless and searching moral inventory of ourselves. And I had to write resentment, fear, and sex inventory on my conduct and how I showed up in relation to that relationship. And Uh-oh. what I saw was uh, a big realization of, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's me. And I can't believe that's how I've shown up. And I don't want to be her anymore. Mm-hmm. And I saw that I had a lot of, blame or fault or wrongs or mistakes and I wasn't just a victim so it's like suddenly you have a realization that myself is not cutting it right and it's no different than someone like with a food addiction because I've watched you struggle off and on with with food and it's like that food is a source of comfort comfort momentarily Uh, but then when you're you know feeling like horrible and the pants don't fit anymore and you got to buy bigger shirts and like there's these there's these things that come after that you realize the payoff isn't good So when we come back, I want to talk about sort of the process of seeking and how you were seeking in the beginning versus now. And when did you realize you were actually seeking? (laughs) Okay. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. Today we're talking about seeking. And I think in this conversation, Heather will be seeking a new husband soon. (laughs) No, you have a beard. Oh, as long as I'll I have a beard. You. Okay. Yep, yep. All, right, all right. I like the beards. So we've talked a little bit about the ways that we used to seek prior to recovery, prior mm-hmm. to this walk that we've been on. Uh, and we've sort of touched on the ways that we sought, uh, sort of in a wrong way, right? For self. Yeah. The things that but I did to try That's the natural way of the world. Most people live their whole life doing that and don't know that. Right. That they don't even losing. know what they're doing. Yeah. Right. I went and got this new car. I show everybody for two weeks and three weeks later, it doesn't matter that I have a new car and I'm on to the next thing. Keeping up with the Joneses. Right. So let's look at some definitions, some ideas of. I'm going to be the non-seeker. You be the non-seeker and I'll be the seeker. You're, non-seeker, what do you do? Um, so, as we just said, I want to grow materialistically. I want a bigger house, a bigger car, a better looking girlfriend or wife. I mean... An RV. <laughs> you know what? You're not that far away from me in the studio. <laughs> He's been hounding me for months about wanting to buy this RV. Um, but anyways... It's fine. I'm seeking contentment, Heather. I know, in all the wrong places, because my since I'm a seeker, my main aim is to grow spiritually, right? Yep. I want to make sure if we get if and when we get an RV that it's a spiritually sound or God compassed decision that God's cool with it, that we're not going to go into more debt for it, that we're not living beyond our means. And so for us, your aim is to grow in a power outside of you, yep. right? We choose to call that God. Yep. That's that's who it is for us. Yep. Um, all right, how about this? Uh, I'm going to work toward enhancing my mind, body, and intellect. So I'm going to eat right, I'm going to become a gym rat, and I'm going to become the smartest person on the planet. You can do that, but you'll still be empty unless you work towards diminishing your pride and ego through God or spirit. 
That's the whole reason I'm going to go to the gym, Heather. <laughs> no. Gym selfies don't diminish pride. They build it, right? And Unless I can fill up that Instagram sign. <laughs> but I think that there's a big difference between the external and the internal journey that most people miss the internal journey. So external journey would be like, um, I'm going <laughs> to develop some, some defects like attachment, pride, <laughs> anger. That's what will happen if you don't get the right amount of attention from your selfies yeah. or the amount of likes on Instagram or the right caliber of, of spouse or girlfriend or the money in the bank. You're not going to get the payoff you're looking for ultimately, and it's going to breed resentment or anger or self-pity. We, we're literally talking about a huge portion of the population yeah. that literally get their self-worth, their contentment on the external. You, you and I heard it in church that time when we were going downtown, he called it avarice. Greed is when I want, 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 but avarice is almost worse. Everything that I have is not good enough and I want the one better of whatever it is that I have. It's the whole grass is greener and you're never content with what you have. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so now I'm driving around in an $80,000 truck when I work at Home Depot. <laughs> right? right. And I've built <laughs> muscles big enough that I can... I can lift a car. I just think very few people But yet have... I still, by the way, think very low of myself. Yeah. But a lot of people in, in our 12-step world have delusions of grandiosity with an inferiority complex. We think we're better than and less than everyone around us at some any given time. Yeah. So what is the... It's really in... inconsistent. What does the correct internal journey look like? I think it's someone who develops like love and tolerance or introspective views. They have spiritual motion towards God. They want mm. to serve others. I think that's a huge portion of seeking. That really is. It is. It's a great definition. I'm, I'm the idiot with a brand new truck and you're a good person. Thanks. <laughs> right? We should have done a role reversal here. <laughs> but I just think we got to look at that because... Here's the thing. It doesn't. It, I see this all the time in church-going people or twelve-step going people. Just regular people. They're generally good people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're not murderers or you know child molesters or anything like. Like they're generally good people. They're nice. They might put their shopping cart up at the mm -hmm. grocery store that corner. But man, they live their life for self, and they're painfully unaware of themselves and external gratification. And they have no idea. They're so focused on their feelings of satisfying a feeling or a desire or a want. These are the same people, by the way, that post on social media, I am so proud of what I did, look. <laughs> yeah. Or or uh, look what I just did for this waitress. Yeah. I just tipped her $100. Or look what oh, I just, and they the do like people. a, yeah, they do a big production on Here's it. Here's the thing. If you have to post about it on social media of what a good person you are, then you're negating any spiritual benefit that you're going to get from that because you're only going to get the praise and accolades from humans, not from God, because now you're bragging and boasting about it. Ooh, wow. You are on fire today. I'm just saying. It's truth. And I think the big difference is... Because is... I hate it. But back to that for a second, because oh, now okay. I'm mad. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm sad, and I'm mad because people will, like, go downtown and, like, film themselves, like, feeding the homeless mm -hmm. or stuff like that, right? The tip the bill thing. and It's and all motive. It's all selfish motive. If you were really doing it for God and to be good, you wouldn't have to post about it. Just go be a good person. Mm. Stop seeking the validation. Yeah. Because if you continue to seek validation from humans and not God, you're going to end up empty anyway. And we talk about it. It's counterfeit. It's, it's counterfeit. completely counterfeit. Mm -hmm. It's not real because the validation that I get from you now, I won't feel it 30 minutes and from now. And we see it all and the I'm time. And I'm going to need more. And I'm going to need more. And I'm going to need more. We see it all the time in the 12-step world of people that think they're so proud of themselves for their sobriety. And yep. how hard they've worked to achieve one year, two year, three year. And it's like, really? Because I thought we were powerless. Yeah. 
Right. I thought we're all here admitting step one that we're powerless. And so if I'm powerless, I can't achieve this. Only God can do that, which is the reason we're in this program. Yeah. And so how arrogant to try to take credit. And I think that's part of the problem of the world is that arrogance and that pride. And look what I've done. Look what I did. Look what I bought. Look how I've sculpted my body. Look at all of these things. But what is that last point on the seeker? That God is the doer. God is the doer. Not me. God. <clears throat> God has done for me what I could never do for myself. I have been, and I think you would agree. I mean, you you have known me five plus years, I think, right? Something like five, that. Six, something like that. Way too long. I God has <laughs> done. <laughs> Folks, we may have to take a break. For a, I have done, like God has rearranged me internally. Yeah. It's not because of anything that I did. And I always tell people that the only thing that I did was burn my life to the ground and, and feel suicidal. Yeah. Um, but then when I get into recovery... The I, only thing you did was seeking. That is really it. That's it. And you said something Spiritual about... Spiritual seeking. Yeah. You, you said one time when you were being nice to me, it was a, it was a short moment. In it must our, have been a Saturday. Yeah, it may have been. Uh, where you said you that was one of the things you appreciated. I do. I was, because you've changed your internal... God compass type spiritual walk has changed dramatically in the last six years or so that I've known you. And we've been married for like three. And I love watching you genuinely seek and you're open to being wrong and you're open to learning new and you're open to spiritual ideas. You you're, you don't, at least in, in my experience with you five years ago, very much arrogant of this is truth and this is the way it is. And you mm -hmm. didn't want to have a conversation about that thing or whatever it was. And, and it was really off-putting. Yeah. Uh, but, but now it's like you're open to being wrong. And, and that makes me teachable. If you are willing to like learn and grow and old dog, new tricks sort of thing, then I'm like, maybe I should learn and grow and seek. And, and so I th I, I'm grateful that we get to do it together, like separately, individually, because mm -hmm. uh, I can't give you my God connection. You can't give me yours. But it's cool to be a married couple doing the same things independently, going towards God together. It does feel good to go from a point where, you know, you almost feel like a failure all the time because you're doing all of these things to feel better, to feel content, to feel okay in your own skin. You're buying, you're doing, you're eating, whatever it is, and it goes away and it's fleeting. So you're always chasing it to go from there. The book talks about burning up energy foolishly, trying to arrange life to suit yourself. Right. And to go from there to a place where, um, you know, I've got, I do this uh, every other Thursday cigar night with a bunch of men from our church fellowship. Y'all smoke cigars? Gosh, we love them. Um, yeah, that's my last vice, and, and oh, you, you would love for it to go away, but it actually does bring me happiness. We need to add that to our list. It brings me <laughs> Again, contentment. materialistic. Whatever. <laughs> You're on the wrong path, Donnie. But the thing is, is that one of the first times that I went to this group, um, one of the guys at the end, he's like, hey, what's your story? And I knew what he was asking. I was scared because I am a, I'm a drunk, right? I have not lived a good life. And, and, and he wanted my story and I knew it. And I was really afraid of judgment. Yeah. And so I said, how much you want? He goes, all of it. He just looked at me. I was like, all right, oh, there's no. like 10 or 12 guys there. I gave it all to him. I was like, all right, here we go. Yeah. We're going to see how much you guys actually look to God. But around I'm gonna people give you the that are dirty. genuinely seeking, that sort of thing is welcome. They're not like, oh, what is he talking about? You and I have told our story in our 12-step fellowship, I don't know how many times, and I'm never nervous, right? I nervous. love to hear my voice more than anybody else. Oh, and I know it. <laughs> <Shut up>. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I have never been more nervous than that <laughs> night because here these these are good. You were men worried of what they think of you. Yes, but I gave it all to them, and at the end of it, they thanked me and they said, "What a miraculous story!" and and I mistook it because I, I then said, "Guys, this has nothing to do with me. This is all God." Like, yeah. this is not my power. This is nothing that I just went out and made a change for. And they were all like, yeah, we know. That's yeah. what we're telling you is is what a miracle God can work in somebody. Yeah. Um, and, and it was really cool because then they started sharing their own sin, defect, whatever you want to call it, their own shortcomings. Because everybody started, has them, whether it's drugs or alcohol or not. Everybody. And so what I realized that night is that every human is defective and and... We just sort of, you and I, we migrate toward the ones that are seeking, seeking something better outside of ourselves. So we're going to pick this up, talk a little bit about what we do in our seeking when we come right back. Welcome back. You're listening to Relevant Recovery Radio with Heather and Donnie Mosier. We're excited that you're listening. We're talking about seeking. Um, I was so confused about seeking or what is meditation or what should prayer like. Mm. And and what I want our listeners to know is that there's a million different ways to seek or be a doer. Um, But it's about your motive, your genuine, sincere, honest motive that's all that matters. That is the really hard part to pass on to someone else. Because you can't give it to someone else. Man. You can explain it till you're blue in the teeth. And my sponsors have tried to explain it to me early on. And I, I couldn't comprehend it until I started doing it. You're really trying to listen for an internal compass asking you to do or not do something that generally you want to do or not do. You know what it goes back to? It's a, it's a little line in the book that I don't think we say it enough. mm uh, it's in working with others. Do you know what I'm thinking about? Mm-mm. If a man is to find God, the, the desire, desire must come from within. That's right. So I can't give that you to You can't anybody. give it to somebody. And I've got people in my life that I sponsor or friends that I get really, really frustrated with because they just won't seek. I want them to have that same passion or burning desire that I have. No. And you cannot, you I can't, can't give, give it, it to anybody. And I think that they say that pain is the touchstone of all growth, right? Real spiritual growth is from pain. And so I had to get into enough pain of hating being Heather and hating being in my own skin and hating taking a look in the mirror at who I was. When is that going to get better? Uh, <laughs> it's a lot better now. Oh, okay. All right, good. I'm glad. Uh, but that's the thing. It's like, I had to get to that spot and I had to start looking for a spiritual compass. In the 12-step world, we have our own definition of an agnostic. You could look it up in Webster's Dictionary, but that's not what we mean in the 12-step world when we say agnostic. An agnostic is somebody who does not trust, rely, or seek the will of God. Right. And so you could say it another way. An agnostic is someone who's living a self-directed life and not a spiritually directed life. Yep. Right. Because I can be a man of faith and be agnostic as there heck. There are and millions and often. millions of faithful, religious, church-going Christians that are living agnostically. I it promise you. It happens to us. We're going to tell a little story at the end that you wanted to talk about. That it, it, it means You look at the fruit of their lives, yeah. right? The fruit of my life, I had tons of faith in God, but zero reliance. Yeah. I, had, I had tons of belief in God and I, and I knew the Bible. Well, this is way even before heroin, um, but I had no relationship or reliance. So I had the fruit of none of that in my life. And I was plagued with anxiety and depression and back pain and what I thought was fibromyalgia. I had tons of issues. Right. So then you... 
All of it's um, gone now. You burn it down. Well, mm-hmm. you burn it down. Yeah. And you come into a twelve-step fellowship, and you're like, "Help! Yeah, help me! I, I I'm finally at the end of I me. I just don't want to die. Yeah, I'll take suggestion now. And they're like, "Okay, cool. So, like, what are some of the things they told you to do, and how much sense did it make at the time?" I read the steps, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought, "Oh, I've already, I already understand all this." I've already done all this. <laughs> and they're like, no, that's, that's weird. Cause I would have never called you a know it all. That's weird. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> so anyways, uh, I had to go through the spiritual journey of, of really finding what my surrender looked like at each level of the step work. Mm. Um, and it's different for everybody. And people have different trouble with different steps. Yeah. yeah. It is and and they have journey. different uh, elements of self that crop back in and they don't realize they'll say, oh, you know, don't get in a relationship, which that's not in the program. But it's because a lot of times the codependency is what will separate you from God and take you back out to a relapse. Goes right back to that thing we talk self. about being counterfeit is that I want to feel content. And when I start dating you for there for a little while, I feel real content every time we're together. Mm-hmm. I'm getting all kinds of validation and esteem from you. But what happens is it's as driving time you goes farther on, from God. That's right. And what happens is discontent returns mm-hmm. because it's counterfeit. Yeah. And then, Anything and I don't then get you're from like, God is counterfeit. And then you're like clawing like a, like a, can you ever grab a cat by its tail and pulled it and how the claws like sink into the carpet? No, no. I'm, I'm from Houston, not Oklahoma. Oh. I would never do well, that. Well, if you did that, that's how it is when you get in a relationship where <laughs> you're just trying to- I feel to, like you should say theoretically. Theoretically, that's how or, it is. Or uh, sure. f- heard from a friend. Like, no, I, PETA, I would never really do that. Uh, <laughs> but what I'm saying is that's how I was in relationships. Once the discontentment started to come, I would claw like a cat trying to hold on to his attention or vibe yes. or, you know, his, you know, I don't know. You, you Smothering. We call it smothering. Codependency, smothering, whatever. Um, I needed you to feel okay about myself. And, and now that I'm relying on God and I know who I am in God, I don't need that to feel better about myself. Now our relationship's just a bonus. What, so what are, because here's the thing is that I didn't just build a fantastic relationship with God just doing the steps. That that did not, no. um, it cleared away some wreckage from my past, but it's not how I built the relationship. The it thing. just opened up, it opened the channel. I haven't actually worked the steps one through 12 since I was about a year and a half sober. Right? Oh, Lord. I, I, no, listen, I did it three times in the first year and a half sober. And the I've, opinions expressed on this show. <laughs> what I'm saying is, maybe I'm explaining it wrong, is no, that- No, I get what you're saying. My life in the last three and a half, four years, my seeking has been in multitude of ways that aren't just the basic step work. Where did that start? What disciplines did that start with? And how has it morphed? It started with the ice cube. I'm not hearing that story again. <laughs> Nobody out there wants to hear that story again. God wanted me to pick the ice cube up and put it in the sink. That's all I'll say about that. Listen, it started with an intuitive thought. It started with God convicting me to have integrity and be honest. That's where it started. But that's not really where it started. Where it started for us was 10 step, 11 step, 12 step, right? Me making things right or addressing them when they happen during the day. And you said, besides the step work, I'm trying to answer your question. Well, 10, 11, 12 is a daily discipline. Yeah, but it's still step work. I was trying to give you a different answer. Oh, we had a miscommunication. Well, I guess what I'm talking about is is what didn't make sense to me and what I didn't believe in in the beginning was prayer. I didn't believe in you meditation. Because talked to the air, yeah. Yep, I didn't, I didn't believe in meditation. I didn't believe that reading any spiritual books was going to help me. I didn't believe that serving, I certainly didn't believe serving oh, someone else Oh, I did not want to sponsor other people. I'm like, really? Don't you know how busy I am? <laughs> so when you started doing that practice, right? So that's the things that we're talking about. We're talking about prayer, meditation, serving others, reading and expanding your spiritual understanding. How long did that take before you started to see some changes? Um, weeks. 
it, it didn't take long to start to see some changes, um, but the spiritual life is, is never over. And so no one becomes perfect. And so it's going to be for a lifetime. Right. Um, so some things God has completely removed in my life. He's removed yeah. drugs and alcohol. He's removed uh, my sex conduct issues that I had most of my life. Yeah. Um, and and I used to have horrible, poor boundaries with the opposite sex. God's removed certain ones. I mean, I have a list, right? I have alcohol, infidelity, porn, yeah. food. Your speeding, your road rage. It's a great one. When God removes it, it's removed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I think there's other things I could say I struggle with, like like arrogance or judgment of others or vaping. But it's like I'm not actually working on them. I'm not actually giving them to God. If I did, he would remove it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm choosing to stay in self, and I'll just admit that and confess that to her. I'm choosing to stay in self around those issues. So what we're saying is that when I start these practices that don't make any sense, and and when I talk about seeking, what I'm really seeking is a better life. I'm seeking contentment, contentment. inside. I want to keep saying that, that that's what we're seeking, is I want to seek to grow. Because there's a line in the big book that says, is he not a victim of the delusion that he'll wrest satisfaction and happiness out of this world if he just manages well? That's a reoccurring problem for everybody of every walk of life forever. It doesn't matter what stage you're in. You're a victim of the lie that you believe that you'll finally be happy if you get your ducks in a row. It's a lie because happiness does not lie in external things. It's an inside job. And until you get your inside right, the world will not be right to you. I mean, some of our lowest points, you and I, in our lives, when we have been content in God, it didn't matter what our external circumstances nope. were at all. Nope. Um, and, and so here's the This is why you have some of the richest, <clears throat> most miserable or suicidal people in the world. And right. then you give a, a kid in a third world country a stick and a, and a ball and he lights up with joy. And so like, how do we know it's working? So because the other thing that I mentioned that I want to I want to mention you're again. You're different inside. That's how you know it's working. You're responding to the world differently. But one of the other benefits that I see, or I don't know about benefits, but you and I have had different orbits of people around us. We talked about when we talked about fellowship, right? Mm-hmm. Different. And here's what I've noticed. The people that are truly seeking they stay in our orbit longer, and the people that are not seeking sort of float off after a time. And there's definitely Seekers an element of selflessness in the way that they live their life. So give me like the biggest benefit today for you seeking. Contentment, con- con- being comfortable in my own skin. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. It means I, I like life. And mm-hmm. I'm not trying to find something different. <laughs> right. For like, me, that means being able to stand in front of a mirror naked. Oh. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it means being okay with me, period. Yeah. Like, I'm a work in progress, and I'm not doing the work God is. Well, this has been a good conversation. You and I see things a little bit differently, but I think we're mostly on the same page. And, oh, I, yeah. and I'm excited to keep seeking with you. But don't forget, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. Hashtag God, God though. though.